Welcome back to the No Room Podcast, the third episode of the No Room Podcast. Today I have another friend, another good friend of mine. Um, her name is Sharon Hanul. Sharon Hanul Kim. Is that your Korean name, right? Yeah, but that's not my middle name. Oh, Sharon J. Kim. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but my Korean name is Hanul, Kim Hanul. Yeah. Okay, so welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh-huh. Um... And to start, I think you could just introduce yourself. So your name, mm-hmm. okay, you already did your name, but age, <laughs> life stage, mm-hmm. um, how we I'm know doing. each other. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take it away. Thank you. Um, I am 22 years old, and right now I'm a postgraduate, just graduated from the University of Laverne um, this past May uh, with a degree in bio. Oof. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. oof. Um, and how we met? We met through my boyfriend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we first oh, met through wild. Zoom. Yeah. I was just like, hi, are you Tim? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know Stefan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a very awkward meet. Yeah. And then I think we met in person. When was the first time we met in person? Probably just like a church service or something. Oh, I remember. It was outdoor service. Yeah. Yeah. And we know each other through Jesse or church. Yes. Yeah. What was your first impression of me? And I'll, and I'll do first impression <laughs> of you. You'll be honest. Okay, okay. Um. So it was through Zoom. Yeah, it was through Zoom. And it was like we're all people were studying and she was there <laughs> and I hadn't seen her before. But then she like privately messaged me. It's like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm Sharon. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were very nice, like very open. So I was like very grateful grateful for that. Um, but I guess like look wise, like you had, you know, beard, a mustache, and then your hair. Uh-huh. Um, I guess not like a typical look for uh-huh. an Asian. Yeah. So I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that was when I was growing out my mullet. And that was like the rough stages of it. Yeah, so I was like, oh, this is a very interesting person. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can get close to this person, mm-hmm. but you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're a mutual friend mm-hmm. uh, of my boyfriend. So I was like, yeah, let's just see who this is. And that's when I was trying to get plugged in, um, at our church community and get to know people. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's how we got close. Yeah. I don't really remember my first impression of you. All I know was, I think Stefan hit me up before you, I met you on Zoom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, hey, like. I'm dating now. <laughs> She's going to your church. And I was like, well, I haven't seen her. And then that's when I met you on Zoom. Mm. And I was like, I was just, I, I just think I thought like, oh, this is Stefan's girlfriend. Mm. Yeah. Because I couldn't really, like it, everyone was working. Right, yeah. right, right, right. But um, yeah, look how far we came. <laughs> Closer than I thought we would be. <laughs> yep. But um, anyways, yeah. So 22, just graduated, Laverne. Um, and what are you doing now? You're studying? Right now, yeah, I'm doing quite a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like, mainly studying for this exam. The MCAT? Yeah, the MCAT for medical school. When are you taking that again? You haven't I'm planning up. to take it in January. So actually, registration is tomorrow. Oh, shoot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I'm going to register and try to get a date. You have three months. Yeah, three months. I mean, I originally scheduled it for August, 
-hmm. And so right after I graduated, I went on grind mode. I studied like eight hours a day, June, July, August. And yeah, I got sick every single month. And I realized I needed a break. Yeah. So I took some time off, just thought about what I'm doing and Mm -hmm. why I'm doing it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'm back on the grind mode, but just doing five to six hours a day, taking one day out of the week to rest. That's crazy. Six days a week. Yeah. Okay. Before we get into more currently, like what you're doing, Mm because I do have questions about um, like other things you're currently doing. Okay. And how you're busy. Yes. Um, (laughs) I think we're similar in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I think one of those ways is being we... We talked about this, but we didn't have like a set friend group growing up. Mm. And I moved around a lot like schools and yeah. you kind of briefly touched upon that. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you could explain that further and kind of just like take me through like how you grew up and because yeah. you didn't have like a conventional like I grew up in one city or even I think it was more moving around than me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I moved around a lot. So I mean, I'm not really sure, but we'll find out right now. <laughs> so I grew up in Fullerton, California, okay. and I went to like Arbolan Montessori for like preschool, kindergarten, and then I went to Robert C. Fistler, and Fullerton has a lot of Koreans. So when I went to Fistler, there was like 99% Koreans, um, and I don't know, like in the Korean culture, like we know our parents like to brag about their own children and then it kind of just goes on and on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so um, my mom wasn't a fan of that. So she never like affiliated herself with that. That's cool. Yeah. And then, of course, like the moms that were like meeting after school or like during school, going to cafes and just kind of like talking and talking. Yeah. Um, their children, like I try to be friends with them. But, yeah, I mean, I got bullied when I was young. Um, just, like... Like, elementary young? Yeah, elementary, just, like, for what I wore and, like, how I was as a person. So, obviously, there was a lot of hurt with that. And then I eventually moved out of the Fullerton District, not because of that reason, but because I had Chinese school in Roland Heights. What? You took Chinese school? <laughs> yeah, I went to Chinese school. Not Korean school? I did Korean school too. Oh, dang. Yeah, so I moved to Roland District because that's where Chinese school was. And then we ended up moving to like Walnut. Like our house was in Walnut, but then um, we went to Roland High or we went to Killian Elementary. And then at that school, there was an after school program for like Chinese to learn Chinese. Did you do that yourself? Like, did you want to do that yourself? No, my parents actually sat me in the baiting. So I was like, really (laughs) like, why am I here? You know, but like, as I got to go, like, as I grew up, I started to realize like the importance of language and like why my parents wanted me to learn another language. So I was very grateful for that. And even now too, um, just to be able to communicate with people. So you know Chinese then? Like not fluently? Um, I would say I can listen to conversations a lot more than um, speak it. Like the words are in my brain, but because I don't practice it as much, it's really hard to like pull out the vocabulary words. Wait, that means you're pretty good then. Uh, not really. <laughs> I don't <Okay>. know. <laughs> Wait, so how long did you do Chinese school for then? Nine years. Oh. The Korean school was nine years too. So, okay, I'll okay, just give you... Okay, you must be really good. Okay, then. I'll just give you a rundown of my, like, schedule then. So, like, Monday to Friday, <laughs> I had... School? Yeah, oh so Monday God. to Friday, <laughs> okay. I had, like, 
American school, English school, basically. American school, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then like three to six, every single day, I had Chinese school. So my mom was like oh taking gosh. us there, here and there. And then every Saturday, I had Korean school. So that was kind of my life for nine years. And then like after Chinese school, I would do like Taekwondo sometimes. Dang. Um, like whatever activities as kids we did. So you were busy since like from the get-go. Yeah, yeah, like very busy. Wow, okay. So my mom did a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so, <laughs> okay, you did Chinese school um, and you moved to Walnut. Mm-hmm. But you went to Roland. I don't know. Roland just for elementary school. And then I moved to Walnut District, Suzanne Middle School, and then Walnut High School. Oh, yeah okay. but let mm. me just get back to the friend group that we were talking about oh, yeah. so because like i moved a lot it was really hard to fit in with just one group and then i don't know like i love meeting a lot of people just getting to know them and like hear their experiences and like how they grow up and how they just see life and yeah. so like it'll make me a more open-minded person mm. So yeah, with that, like, I don't know. It's really hard to just sometimes be vulnerable and open up, especially when I move around a lot. Yeah. So yeah, that's just kind of a little. Yeah. <laughs> so you were in the Walnut District, middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. Didn't a lot of people from Suzanne Middle School go to Walnut High School? Yeah. Okay. But then when I moved from Roland to Walnut, like, everybody at Suzanne already kind of knew each other because oh, they yeah. came from the same elementary school. Yeah. So, even then, it was hard to make friends. But I had two friends that came from the same school mm. as me, elementary school. Oh, okay. So, I just stuck with them for, like, middle school. And then when we moved to high school, I guess, because of my activities that I was, like, in and, like, clubs, I had to just move around a lot. Okay. This is, this, you said this off the record, but... Like before, mm-hmm. you didn't live with your parents, or your parents moved somewhere. Okay, yeah. So in high school, um, sophomore year, um, we had a little bit of like family situation. So my parents and my brother had to move um, out of the country, and they were there for a year. I was supposed to go with them, but I was already in high school. So if I were to come back, like leave and come back, I would have to go to like a private high school. So I ended up just staying here and we found like a homestay and there was like guardians and of course other students. Um, They were mainly like international students. Yeah. A lot older than me. Um, So yeah, that's where I experienced life without my parents. That's crazy. The only time I think because even right now like and throughout college, I live with my parents. Yeah. But during the homestay, of course, like at that age when we... Like, we're not, we're not with parents who are like, oh, I'm free now. I can do whatever I want. So I had that feeling in me for, like, a month. And afterwards, I felt very lonely and very sad. Um, that's when I started to appreciate, like, family and my parents. Yeah. So maybe that's when I started to mature a little bit with spending time with my family and the importance of family. So coming out of that, junior year and until now like i love to spend time with my family yeah my parents and yeah like they're like number one in my life after god wait so when what year was this in high school um this was like 2014 2014 so what year was that 
Well, you graduated 2017, high yeah. school? Yeah, so sophomore year. Sophomore year, 2014, 2015-ish? No, actually, I think it's before that because I had my back surgery in 2014. <laughs> Sorry, that's how I just, like, remember things with life events. Wait, so you were at a homestay with a random family. It wasn't family. It was just people. Yeah, random people. Wow. Yeah, so they gave me a ride to school. And they, like, prepare food for us. How many people were you living with? Um, like, four four people. Four other people? Yeah. And you said they were a lot older? Yeah. So they were, they were like, in college. Oh, yeah, oh okay. I was in high school. Dang, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Okay. And then, so after a month of freedom, or felt freedom, it was, like, not, not what you expected. Yeah, it wasn't the best. And then that your parents came back. Well, my mom and my brother came back. My dad stayed out of the country longer. So that's when we moved into an apartment. And I was going through like this health stage, I guess. Yeah, what what happened to your back? I had a lot of like back pain. And like I was just walking really weirdly too. Oh, you you mentioned you had scoliosis. Yeah, that's what I had basically. You mean basically? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's what I had. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, went to the doctors, Uh got an x-ray, and my spine was over 60-something degrees, which is, like, very severe, like, surgery needed. So, when it's, like, 20, 30 degrees, you can just go to chiropractor, and they can, like, align your spine, and they can fix it. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, straightening my spine now. (laughs) But then, yeah, after 50, 60 degrees, you have to get surgery, so... That's when that was the summer when I found out. Oh my and gosh, that's kind of sixty degrees. Yeah, that's so crazy. I was walking like this basically. Uh, yeah, damn. Like with clothes on, you can't really tell, but of course, like when I wear like swimsuits or all that, you can definitely tell. So that was the summer of 2014 when I heard the news, and they were like, "We can schedule a, like a surgery for you within the next couple weeks," and I was like. I wanted to wait a semester because I was in color guard. So oh, really? Yeah, I was in color wow. guard. <laughs> spinning flags, nice. rifles, and sabers. Oh, you did mention this before. So that upcoming year, we were doing the Pirates of the Caribbean show. And I really wanted to be part of that. Costumes were nice. Music was great. So I, I really begged the doctor to wait a semester. Like, I didn't put my health first. And... Dang, and you did color guard with... Yeah, I did color guard for a semester, and then we scheduled for the surgery Christmas, basically. Christmas Eve of 2014. Yeah, so I was basically in the hospital for like a week. That's where I spent my Christmas. And then after that, just three months in bed. So I was I was out of school, basically. Dang. Yeah, because at that time, they didn't like record lectures. And like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish now. Now yeah. they do. Uh-huh. But yeah, I missed out on school and my grades weren't that great sophomore year um and then i came back to school wait that's i did not know that <laughs> Dude, how was like your mental state as you were like thinking about like dang i have to get surgery because i think for me i haven't really had like big injuries so like i recently rolled my ankle and that was like mm. debilitating for me or i just wasn't normal like i couldn't live normally Mm-hmm. You know, and like I can't imagine like all the people who have like more serious health problems. So what was that like when you were sophomore in high school? For sure, um, it was 
not the best experience like from what i remember too i was just in a lot of pain like yeah. i remember waking up in the hospital when i had like seven ivs on me um really yeah seven ivs Sheesh. like ankles feet hands like oh everywhere my gosh. and it was insane like I, it was hard to believe but i mean i was i had to accept where i was and like yeah, you know what's wrong that. with me you know <laughs> yeah. i just live like this so basically i have like a titanium rod in my back and it's gonna be like that forever can't take it out um and i can pass security <laughs> a lot of people ask me yeah like at the airport and i'm like no i can pass Wait, how like long is it or big is um it? like a ruler 12 inch oh my gosh. yeah down my whole back i have a big scar um does it affect you now it definitely does so the top and bottom portion of my back, it's like fully healed. That's crazy. But the middle, um, it's still numb. So even when people like touch it or like slap my back, I can't really feel it. Oh, wow. Um, and then, of course, when I stand or sit for too long, there's a lot of pressure going towards my pelvic area. So I have to lay down. Like laying down is my most comfortable position. I'm sure it's for all of us, but... Yeah, and then wow. taking meds, and then especially um, since I'm a girl, when I have my monthly, you know, period, uh -huh. um, sometimes we get cramps and lower back pain. For oh. me, it's like 10 times worse. Oh. Yeah. Dang. So basically monthly, I experience pain That's here and there. Crazy. Yeah. How long after the surgery was it like beginning to be okay? Um, I mean, even now, I feel like I'm not normal. <laughs> because i feel it it's not i don't know how to explain it that's crazy it just feels like i know something's behind me and i can't move like normally i can't bend my back like i'm just straight i mean people compliment me they're like your your posture's <laughs> yeah, great yeah. you know and i'm I like thank you but it's because i have a rod in behind me a titanium that's rod true. i i think that's one thing i noticed about you when i first met you like your posture's very good but that explains it <laughs> Dang, okay. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Okay, and then you, after graduating high school, after living with your parents, or your mom and your brother, mm -hmm. um, after the homestay, what did you do? You lived with your parents again. Yeah, I mean, of course, like, a typical fresh out of high school, going into college, like, we all want to dorm, experience that campus life. So I did want that, and I was kind of mad that I wasn't able to. Cause like, why, though? Or was it your parents saying, like, oh, I want to It wasn't live parents, but I guess I just wanted that freedom, too, mm -hmm. and, like, that college life that people, like, that I always heard about. Yeah. Um, but I went to a school that's, like, 15, 20 minutes from my house, small uh, private university, and it's close by. Why spend money um, when you can just drive over? Yeah. And like freshman year, I was like, dang, like I really want to experience it. But as I go through college life, I was very thankful and just like the opportunity to be able to have to spend with parents, even though like I was like out of the house most of the time, just having like small dinners with them yeah. here and there and just small interactions. Um, I was very thankful for. And yeah, even right now, post-grad life, I have plans of moving out, kind of becoming oh, okay. more independent. Yeah. But of course, like I have to financially be ready too. Yeah. And 
I don't know. My mom doesn't really want me leaving. <laughs> like even for school later and like where, wherever I go, she wants to follow me. <laughs> Which I really love. It's very cute, but sometimes it's too much, you know? <laughs> yeah. So when I met you on mm-hmm. Zoom, you were still in school because I was COVID. Yes. That yes. was like your last year. Kinda. Last semester. But you were in, were you in Korea when I went on the Zoom call or no? I don't think so. I was back. Okay. I was back for sure. Okay. So explain to me wh- why you went to Korea and <laughs> like what happened. I mean, freshman year, you were what? Or it was 2017, mm-hmm. 2017, 2018. That was normal. 2018, 2019, you were still at Laverne. Normal. <laughs> I mean, like b- before COVID. Yes, yes, yes. And then yeah. when did you go to Korea? Because you went to Korea. During the pandemic. So 2020. Yes, last year. Last year in June. I went in the middle of the pandemic. Dude, that seems so f- like long ago. Right? But it's only last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah time crazy. flies. Okay, no. so why'd you go to Korea okay, in your for last sure. year? Yes. L- June of 2020. Yes. Um, I I like to plan ahead of time. So I already knew what yeah, I was doing. Do. I already knew like knew what I was doing that summer. And my mom completely like changed my plan up. I was supposed to study for the exam that I'm studying for now last year so that I would only have one gap year. But because of my trip to Korea, I have two gap years now. Yes. And how this came about was my mom was just going on this website looking, I don't know what she was looking for. And she was like, oh, I have a job opportunity for you in Korea. Because she knows I like to travel and like just like experience new things in life. So she's like, this is great. Like you should go. Like, it's a working opportunity, teaching English, and it sounded normal. Um, so I was like, oh, mom, like, it sounds great, but I can't. I have to study. And she's like, no, just apply right now. Email them your resume and all that. And I was like, okay, like, I just did it. Yeah. But I didn't think I would get it. But then they contacted me for an interview, and I got the job. And, of course, like, I was praying in the midst of all this because i didn't know like where god wanted me to be yeah like i thought i was gonna study but because this opportunity came like i don't want to like let it go so i try to take it and yeah i flew to korea within five days of, of applying the job really yeah so that means you got you applied you got the interview and then you left within yep. five days Dang. right away because they needed me as soon as possible and at that time in korea they were doing two-week quarantine so I had a two-week quarantine. So that's why they needed me earlier oh. because they didn't want to waste time. Wait, what company? Was this through a company or like a elite kind of thing? Yeah. So I thought it was a company, like a private company, right? But it was working for a chebor. What's chebor? A wealthy family. You know, like Parasite? Oh. Yeah. So oh, you did I, mention that. I was working for oh, a wealthy wow. family. Yeah. So they just had their posting like... <gasps> Yeah, so they have Online. a daughter who's like nine years old and she goes to um, a Jeju International School. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to share too much, but they just wanted to find somebody to teach her English. And so when I went, um, they were living in Busan for the summer. So it was just like a summer opportunity. Like I was going to come back for my senior year and like, you know, do school here. But as my contract was coming to an end. How long is the contract? Two months. Okay. End of August. So I was supposed okay. to come back end of August. And Dang. they asked me to stay longer. And so it was like four more weeks. Yeah. But that four more weeks turned into four more months. 
So I ended up spending my entire 2020 uh, in Korea. Yeah. And I only had like Komobu and Komo, but they were in Seoul. But I was in Busan oh, and Jeju. How far so, is that? Uh, um, well, Korea, like Seoul is like the northern part of South Korea, and then Busan's the southern, southern part, part of South Korea. Yeah, yeah. and then Jeju is like an island yeah, you have to yeah. fly to. So that was like a whole new experience. Have you you've been to Korea before that though? I've been to Seoul, but Jeju and Busan was my first time. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean it was easy to get around, but I think. Just the working experience itself, like not working at like a hagon, like an after school, yeah. but just at a house. Yeah, that's crazy. It was completely new for me. And I experienced a lot of, a lot of different emotions, basically. Like I was crying some days. I was like, like laughing some days. And I would say the month of November was the hardest for me. Like I really wanted to go home. Like, I was crying every single day because I didn't like where I was. And I was just praying, like, God, did I make the wrong decision? Like, should I just have gone home end of August? Like, why did I choose to stay? But, I mean, I was just trying. Yeah, why did you? <sighs> I mean, school was going to be online because COVID was getting worse. Right. So even if I came home, I would have been just inside of my room taking classes. So I was like, well in be. Korea, yeah, you can at least go around. Cafes are open still. So I was like, might as well just stay here, you know, kind of experience life a little more, okay. what the culture here. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't regret it. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I think I grew a lot too. Um, Wait, did you have like a room at their house? Yes, I was living with them. It was like a mansion. Oh my god. <laughs> so I did have a room by my, like to myself. That's yeah. insane. That's like those families you see in korean dramas and yes stuff. i'm a huge fan of korean dramas and i did not see myself or expect to live in one of those situations yeah. but i was placed in one of them so it was just the parents and then the daughter yeah um so there was like a maid Damn. there's two secretaries that's great <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <gasps> definitely a different world yeah. that I, I that i saw yeah did you have like free time or was it like seven days a week, 24-7? Once a week. What? Once a week. That's yeah, it? Free time. So what did you do like the other six days? Um, Dude, that sounds so nice. It does? <laughs> maybe. Maybe it sounds nice, but yeah. yeah. I'm sure it was different. <laughs> well, okay. In the summer, like she didn't have school. Oh, yeah. It was summer, so yeah. I was with her like practically all day. Oh. So we like. Like, I teach her English, but at the same time, like, I guess, like, I was her nanny caretaker, but she has a maid, too. So, I don't know. I was kind of doing a lot with her. Oh, and then when she had, like, she wanted to go somewhere, like, activity-wise, like, I would, like, just, like, you know, converse in English so she can practice, like, listening and all that. Yeah. And then when she started school in Jeju, um, the last four months, Monday through Friday, she had school, like, till 3 or 4 p.m. So, like... When she comes home, I would be with her till like 9, 10 p.m. But then when I wake up in the morning, I had school too. So I oh. woke up at 12, 1 a.m. And I had class to like 6, 7 a.m. Oh, it wasn't asynchronous? Uh-uh. I had to attend class. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I was attending class. And then once 7 a.m. hit, like my classes were all done, I had meetings to go to. Because that's what like nighttime here. 
like 7, 8 p.m. So I had meetings all the way to like 12 p.m. So 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. until she comes home, I'm studying because I'm in school. I got to study. That's crazy. So I barely slept because oh, wow. I worked till 9 p.m. And then I slept three, four hours. Dang. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Like my mental health, I don't think it was that great. Um, I think it would have been nice if you weren't in school. Yeah. But yeah. Summer was great. But with school and just like a lot of clubs and things that I had to take care of, that was a lot for me. Um, but it was quite an experience. So did you like hang out like with anyone or did you know anyone like no, friends in Korea? No, not at all. Oh, so wow, it was like okay. solo travel. So during okay. my off days, I only have it once a week and I don't have much time here. So I have to take full use of it. So I would plan out like where I would go um, days before. And, and you yeah. were by yourself? Yep, by myself. I just travel places like famous places, waterfalls, eat good food. Of course, it's tiring, but I just pushed myself because I was like, I don't know when I'm going to come back here. Right. So might as well go travel. Were the parents nice to you? They were nice. I didn't really interact with much with the dad, but the mom was like with the child 24-7. So I was communicating with her a lot. I got close to a lot of the imonims. So imonims, like they're the maids. Oh, but okay. You call them imonims? Yeah, imonims in Korea. Okay. I think it's just rude to call them like maid. So yeah. there was two imonims in the span of six months. And I think because of the imonims, I was able to survive. So they were Christians. Shout out to imonims. Yeah, really, really <laughs> shout out to the imonims. So with that, like we had like late night talks sometime. I would just cry in front of them. And oh, we would wow. kind of just like go through the struggle together. Mm. yeah so that's cool yeah we would like drink beer sometimes order chicken okay shout out to the emo names <laughs> shout out to the emo names <laughs> <laughs> yeah dang yeah. okay <laughs> so that was my korea experience and then i came back december 31st of last year of last year 2020 yeah and then january 1st i was here oh, okay i see i see yeah dang january 1st 2021 mm -hmm. this year so what the hell have you been up to then since then <laughs> Oh my goodness. I, okay. Then you do, like, this is, okay. So when I first was starting my podcast and, like, thinking about who I was interested in, like, getting to know more mm -hmm. and, like, finding out about, mm -hmm. I thought of you because you are very, like, when I met you, you were doing, like, 10 things all at once. And yet you were still, like, very happy. Your energy was always positive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's crazy. How does she do it? Um, but yeah, so it's like, that's just insane that you're able to, like, since I'm finding out now that since you were young, you've been doing like juggling like five things at a time. Yeah. And that's like really hats off to you. Maybe I'm just used to it. Yeah. But I think sometimes I need a break. Like sometimes it's too much. Right. Like I burn sure. out. Yeah. But it's not like on an everyday basis, but it's like maybe once a month I have those days. And that's when I realized, like, I'm doing too much. But I feel like I can't rest for too long. Like, I think God just made me a busy person to just do a lot and juggle a lot. And so I think finding the balance is very important for me. Right. Yeah. Like, where I spend and put my energy into. So what have you been doing since you got back from Korea? Because it's 10 months? 
Yeah. Um, I started a nonprofit organization. Oh yes, that's what one the thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, so you started a nonprofit mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, this year in February. At twenty February fifth. At twenty two years old. Um, when I found that out too, I was like, "What? That's insane!" And <laughs> like, how much you were doing for that, and like, what you even do? Mm. That was insane. So, yeah, could you explain a little bit? Mm-hmm. Like, so why the NPO is called Through Love. NPO nonprofit, yeah. Yeah, okay. nonprofit organization. Through Love, through as in T H R O U G H. Yes, Through Love. Um, all in all, what we do is we help foster children in Tijuana, Mexico, currently. And we, of course, want to branch out mm-hmm. globally. So that's wow. only globally. If, yeah, if God has a plan for us for that. Um, so I'm one of the co-founders. My other co-founder, her name is Christina Chung. I actually met her on missions on my very first, like religious, like medical mission ever in life. That was back in December 2019. Okay. So I met her there and we were teamed up with two missionaries and the organization that we went with was called GEMA, Global Medical Missions Alliance. Um, And the two missionaries shared their testimony and my heart just like broke down when I heard the stories that they were telling, but also how they were serving God really touched my heart and I was like wowed by it. And so when I was leaving that trip, I really wanted to help out, but I didn't know how and like what I could do at the age of 20 because I was 20 back then. Mm-hmm. And like on the car ride back, it was four hours. I was crying like the entire ride back because I just wanted to stay there. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to come back to America. I didn't want to come back to my life. I think the life over there needed a lot of help. And it really opened my eyes to a lot more. And that's why, um, that's where my career comes in, like what I want to do in the future. Mm-hmm. But came back and I was like praying. I was like, God, I want to go back. Like I knew I was going to go back. God put that in my heart. So literally a couple weeks later, I joined the actual organization in one of the university campuses. So at the Claremont College, I reached out to them because I was very interested with this organization, GEMA. Yeah. So they gladly accepted me as a member. And they were like, we have one more spot for the February mission trip wow. for Tijuana. That's insane. And I was like, I'm going. I'm taking it. But of course, when I took it, like I took it out of excitement because I wanted to go. But I had to pray about it because I didn't know if, that was, if that's what God wanted me to do. Sure. Prayed about it. Seemed like everything was going great. So I went back. And that was just that was a shorter trip, like a weekend trip. Went back. Now, I heard um, the missionaries, like, I heard one of the foster children's testimony. And I broke down even more. And now I was like, no, I have to help now. Like, what can I do? So, leaving that trip, I, 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 I was determined to start something or to go back after I graduate during my gap years to just spend time with the girls and the missionaries. Um... So just a little story of what the missionaries do. They basically go to orphanages and just community centers and they help out children. And some of the children, like God speaks out to them to help just like financially or whatever they need help with. And so they foster them. They adopt these children. And so the wife, Esmeralda, she 
runs this NPO Faith, Hope, and Love. And so they built a house for the girls. So it started off with like seven girls in the house, but now they have 20 girls that they're supporting. Um, but of course, there's girls like coming in and out just because of situations. Um, and yeah, like these girls have gone through like sex trafficking, drug abuse, a lot of different things in the past. So I think that's why I wanted to help out even more. Um, but yeah, coming back to how the nonprofit started, um, right after I came back from the trip, the mission trip, um, that's when COVID hit. So we can't go out anymore. Can't yeah. do anything else. So all the mission trips were like stopped on pause. And then I went to Korea in June. Again. That was, that was that year. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so, 2019? Yeah, 2019, 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I went to Korea. So now I'm Korea. Oh. I'm even further from Mexico. I can't even help out anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like um, until then, I was in communication, in contact with my co-founder, Christina. Uh, we've just been like having spiritual talks, words of encouragement, just catching up how we're doing. Yeah. She went to school in NorCal, UOP, University of Pacific. Okay. So even then, it was just Zoom calls that we had. And we caught up in June, July. And I kind of just shared that I wanted to help out um, the missionaries and the girls. And then she prayed about it. I prayed about it. And we're like, I think we should start something. So we're like, let's start a nonprofit organization. But of course, we had to pray about it. So we prayed for six months. Oh, wow. And we wanted to take action like November, December. But I was in Korea. So I was like, let's wait till I get back and let's see how things roll. Yeah. So in December, we talked to the missionaries and they were like, they gladly wanted help. Of course, you know, they need help. And so we're like, we're going to start something. We're going to try to make monthly trips down to you guys and let's make it happen. So I came back January and we got things rolling real quick. Like God moved real fast in January. We got the name, the vision, how we're going to start everything, um, like website, Instagram, everything like wow. was just kind of like in done. In the month of January. Yes, in the month of January. And that's why we were able to launch um, February 5th of this year. And we wanted to make out monthly trips right away, but COVID was pretty bad back then. Yeah. So we didn't want to be making like unwise decisions and travel, you know, and do all that. So our first trip was April. Okay. Yeah. April, just my co-founder and I. And then in May, we started taking volunteers. Yeah. Damn. So we've been growing a lot, a lot of volunteers. We did April, May, June, July. And then we recently came back from the October trip. Yeah. We took a break August and September. Okay. Yeah. So you went five times so far. Yes. Four times with volunteers. Yes. How many people have gone on this trip, like at a at a given month, or like what's the average number of pe volunteers that you guys have? Um. So April is just me and my co-founder, and then my mom and her dad. Um, and then May was two volunteers. June was June and July. We had like. 10, 10 to 12 people total, including us. Okay. Yeah. And then this past trip, um, it was just the team that went, like the board. Okay. Yeah. How many people on the board? Um, so we just expanded our team. Okay, nice. So we have three new people on our team. Oh, yeah. wow. I didn't know that. So it's been a lot for <laughs> Christina and I um, these like past seven, eight months just yeah. doing things alone. 
But by God's grace, we came this far and we decided that we needed more help, that it's not possible just with us two. So yeah, we have a volunteer coordinator, we have a financial director, and we have an executive secretary. Wow. Yeah. How did you come up with these positions? Um, just based on what you needed? Of course, yeah. yeah. Just like specific roles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dang, that's crazy. But of course, we're looking for more help. Photographer, yeah. videographer, website designer, social media handler. But I mean, all of that right now is just done by my co-founder and I. Yeah. And then, of course, if people can fill up the positions, yeah. then it'd be nice to delegate the tasks. Okay. Yeah. So what do you do? You go once a month mm-hmm. on what day, usually? Um, it's on Saturdays, Saturdays, and we go towards the end of the month. Okay. Yeah. So it's an all-day Saturday thing. Yeah, all-day Saturday. So the reason why we wanted to make it monthly trips is because we wanted to build the sisterhood and friendship with the girls. We wanted to be a friend, a sister, a mentor, um, just someone that, that they can look up to um in their life because when we went on the medical mission trips it was just like four or five days and then we're not going back yeah you know and it's like i don't like that i don't like going somewhere and then just saying bye to someone like i really want to get to know them i want to build this friendship with them and so that's how we came down to going once a month and yeah throughout the months the girls got really comfortable at first they were very closed off they didn't want to share their personal life but as we just hugged shared um our stories time of praise worship eating together we just bonded a lot and the girls are very comfortable with us nice yeah so our recent trip we took them to the beach um in tijuana and we just had a fun day wow yeah wait so what time do you guys wake up and then head over Mm. and how long does it take to get there it takes about two hours, sometimes two hours, 30 minutes. So we wake up around 5.30, 6. Oh my gosh. And then uh-huh. we meet in K-Town, like the church um, in K-Town. And then we try to leave by 6.30-ish. And then get to the border around 8.30. We take a bathroom break and then we get insurance before we go into Mexico. Just in case we get into accident. Yeah. Yeah, because it's going to be really complicated if we get into accident. There's like no insurance. Yeah. So we get insurance. Who drives, by the way? Uh, Christina drives. Wow. Yeah. Props to her. Dang, okay. Christina drives. Cross the border around 9. We meet the missionaries at the local Costco. It's like five minutes from the border. 9.30. And then our typical day would be going to the girl's house around 10, 10.30. If they need groceries or whatever, um, they use donations that we give them. Mm. So we try to raise money for them on a monthly basis, like whenever we go. Yeah. So we've been raising like $400 to $700 um, whenever we went. Wow. And then they would buy the necessities and then we would head to the girl's house. Some of them are there. Some of them are at beauty school on Saturday. So we would just wait for beauty everyone. Beauty school. To, mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of them have dreams okay. to become... I don't know what the term is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I got it though. Uh-huh. I forgot the term. Yeah, so we just wait and we eat lunch first and then just talk and then we go into a time of praise, worship, and just sing. Uh, We do songs in Spanish and after that, we go into a time of sharing. Um, The first couple months, we had the board share, like just the team, share the testimony just because we wanted to give the girls space to just be comfortable with us. 
And then as the months passed by, the girls open up. They are willing to share their story, whatever they went through in the past. And after that, we would pray for them individually. And then go into um, just groups, group prayers. And then time would be up. That's how fast the day goes. What time do you guys usually leave? Uh, We aim to leave around 4, 4.30. But sometimes we leave later. And then crossing the border... These past couple trips, it's been taking us less than 30 minutes to cross the border. Maybe because it's COVID. But the first couple trips, I don't know. It took longer. Okay. It took like an hour. Yeah. We're trying to get the global pass entry right now. But that's the process too. Okay. Um, Like a fast pass basically. And then... Is there any reason why you guys leave at 4.30? Or like I just thought it would be like at nighttime. Right. Um, It's dangerous. We want to make sure it's safe for the volunteers and that they're comfortable. Makes sense. Because um, I'm sure their parents are worried too. Yeah. So we try to leave before it gets dark. And then once we cross, um, we just stop by a local In-N-Out. We eat as a team. And then we're on the way back to the church where we gathered at. And then everyone just kind of goes home. And then a week, a week and a half later, we do a debrief meeting oh, um, okay. via Zoom. Uh-huh. Just to see how the trip was for everybody, how God moved, and, you know, just what everyone experienced and witnessed. Because we all, even though we're in the same place, God moves differently for everybody. Right. So, yeah. Dang, that's, that's, that's a lot. It is a lot. It is really a lot. And before the trips, we have trainings, too. So it's like at least two to three days that people need to commit to. So the night before, we do like a prayer night. We try to sleep together like at the church and then leave together. So it's easier. Yeah. And then the previous Sunday is when like everybody meets. But right now we're trying to add one more Sunday so that people are comfortable with one another before the trip. That's cool. But yeah, it is getting really busy right now. (laughs) I'm curious, like you didn't, this is your first time experiencing or doing like a nonprofit organization like this or mm-hmm. like even doing like managerial like business kind of related things so how did you like figure everything out like the debriefing mm-hmm. it's it just seems very like organized mm. and well thought out yeah i mean my co-founder and i have a lot of leadership experience like high school and college like we both had like board positions yeah um for clubs and so I guess that's already, like, experience-based. Like, whatever we do right now with Through Love. But, of course, it's more real stuff now. Because it's not something that we can just play around with and, like, kind of quit when, whenever we want to. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a passion project. So, feels a little bit different. But definitely not trying to make it too professional. And too, like, we got to do this, that, that. Right. But try to move with the spirit and whatever our heart goes. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Like, seriously, hats off to you. Because that's, that's insane. Like, just the amount of responsibility and organization um, and time management. Mm-hmm. All things I'm not the best at. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. I hope you keep doing it, though. It seems yeah. like it's a blessing for... I mean, I only really talked to, um, I guess, Christina about it briefly mm-hmm. at, that, at that one time we got lunch. And then mm-hmm. Stefan... Mm-hmm. He seemed to be blessed by it, so yeah. Keep it up, keep it up. And the end goal is, you said global. Yeah. So my co-founder has big dreams. <laughs> she has connections in North Korea. 
Wow. So she eventually wants to go to North Korea. I don't know how that's going to happen with Through Love. Um, maybe. I think Link does something similar. I don't know if it's a Christian-based organization, though. I'm not sure either. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, though, right? I think so. Liberty, North Korea. Yeah. yeah. And then Stefan, our volunteer coordinator, he actually has connections in India. He has a friend there. Oh, because so, he went on missions. Yeah. So his friend yeah. actually re- reached out to us and was like, oh, like, if you're down, like, we can provide accommodation and everything. Like, come he- come and evangelize here and, like, help out the community. So as long as wow. you, like, find a time and we pay for the plane tickets, like, we have everything set in India. So that's something that we can possibly think about next year. But we have to think about, like, what also what we're trying to do right now as individuals. Because Christine and I, like, we want to go into medical school. And oh, yeah, that's true pursue being a doctor Mm -hmm. so this nonprofit isn't like the main focus in our life but it's like a small little uh, passion project that we're doing right now yeah so yeah i mean it it might turn into my career who knows yeah but yeah right now it's something that i'm interested in in the future like being a missionary so maybe it's something that god is giving me a glimpse of right an experience i was gonna say that yeah um dang that's crazy Wait, so I have a few questions. I mean, you kind of answered it just now, but the reason why you're pursuing to become a doctor is with the end goal of missions in mind, right? Yeah. And what kind of doctor are you trying to be? So I want to be an orthopedic surgeon, but the more I think about it, it's really hard for surgeons to be a missionary. Just because orthopedic surgeon requires a lot of instruments and tools. Um, and it might not be accessible like in all countries. Yeah. Um, I specifically want to work in third world countries. So mm-hmm. I imagine myself working like under a tent in like a community mm-hmm. that just ne- really needs help. So I don't want to be a doctor that works at a hospital. Um, I want to move around, meet patients, build this relationship with them and just learn about the culture and just the atmosphere that people like grow up in. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Yeah. So missionary doctor is my ultimate goal, but who knows where God will take me. I might just be a missionary, not a doctor, or I could just be a doctor and not a missionary, but I'm trying to put those two together right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any like part of the world? You are mm, specifically to? yet okay. that my heart is like gone towards. Yeah. I think right now it's just Mexico that I'm trying to focus on. Right. Yeah, where the girls are at. But it might change. Yeah. Maybe because I haven't traveled to those specific countries yet, so I don't know. Or yeah. Okay. For sure. I kinda wanna steer our conversation more to the present. Okay. Instead <laughs> of like the future. But um, Okay. I like that. So you talked about your lack of kind of a solid set group of friends. Yes. But you said you want that now, right? Mm-hmm. So me and you, we're, we've been checking out a church that's fairly new. Mm-hmm. What are your plans with like church and while you're studying for the MCAT like to do about community? Because we, I think, share in feelings and, and struggles about finding community. Most definitely. In a Christian context. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we grew around, grew up moving around so much. And it's just, like, not natural for me either to, like, yeah. stay in one place for too long. Like, something feels off. 
yeah. or like i don't know it just seems weird it, and it's weird because it's like it's not it's counterproductive you know if mm-hmm. if community is really what i want i should be staying at one place right but like naturally i'm not inclined to do that right or like hang out with the same group of people all the time yeah kind of sounds messed up but it kind of gets boring <laughs> if, if yeah i mean not to say people are boring but it's just like something that's mm-hmm. on me so I mean, we're not used to it yeah so we just try to move ourselves around yeah i mean sometimes i want to believe that it's a purpose that god has given me not to have a solidified community or group of sisters just because i might be moving around in the future mm-hmm. You know, I try to put, like, think like that. Yeah. But at the same time, when I do see people at, like, church or just, like, friend groups that are tight, like, I do envy that. Like, I always wonder, like, I wish I was part of that. And, like, yeah. sometimes I just cry in bed because <laughs> I'm lonely, too. Like, I wish I had a group of sisters where I could just, like, be vulnerable with and talk to. And I feel like even now, like, the people that I'm surrounded with, it is hard to just plug myself in because... They know each other. (laughs) They've known each other for a while already. And I just feel like I'm intruding into their friend group. And I feel really rude to do that. Uh, Maybe they don't feel that way. But I don't know. Yeah, it's just hard. But with church, I'm very lost, if I can be completely honest. Like, very lost right now. I have been praying, but... I don't really know what God wants and like where he wants me to go. And yeah, like the church that we attend, not the new one, mm-hmm. <laughs> the church that we attend, it is a good church. Yeah. Like my heart does go out for that church, but I just feel like it's not home for me. Yeah. I don't know how to explain the feeling. Maybe right. like in the near future when everything is all solidified, I can maybe share, but yeah, as of right now, I, we have been checking out a different church, and we're just trying to see how things unravel right now. Yeah, but most importantly, we're trying to focus on our personal relationship with God, with God right now, and like focus on our faith. Right. Um, just strengthening that and getting to know more about God. Um, but yeah, we're both struggling right now, yeah. finding a community and a church. Yeah. So if you or when you get into med school. Are you trying to go into a med school or go to a med school that's in California or in SoCal or are you looking at like around the country? It's a half and half. I do want to stay in California because family's here, but I do want to go somewhere else so I can just see how like life is there. Yeah. You know, the people there too. Yeah. I think we talked about that. Yeah. yeah. So if I want to be selfish, I want to go outside of Cali. If I don't, if I care, if I care and love about my family, I would love to stay in Cali. Yeah, but Cali medical schools are really hard to get into. That's what I've heard. So my stats have to be really high. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a factor in deciding like what community to plug yourself into, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're taking the MCAT in January and you apply, you get in starting in 2022. 2023. You take the MCAT 2022. I apply next year. And you apply in the fall of 2022. Yes. Oh. And then the following year oh, okay. in the fall I get in. Okay, yeah, that's like school. a little ways away. It is. Honestly, it's not though because these years have been, I mean, the past two years have been going so fast. Really fast. Like, yeah. I can't believe it's already October. I know, that's insane. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure that has like a factor. Or it a definitely does. And I know like our church is doing membership right now. Oh yeah. And 
I keep telling myself there's no rush. Yeah. There's no rush to become a member at a specific church. Um, just, you know, like, it has to be at the right timing. I feel like if I just move forward with my own desires, um, things won't come out. It'll be kind of messy. So just waiting for the right timing. And if God opens a door, I'm going to go through that door. I think for me, the reason for my search again for like a new community Mm -hmm. is because like you, I kind of want to experience how people are just Mm. in the world. And we've talked about this before, but just like different cultures, different kinds of people, how Mm -hmm. they grew up um, and things like that. And I think that is I have that same mentality with people who are Christian because mm-hmm. I grew up in Korean American in a Korean American community mm-hmm. of Christians. But I kind of want to see like people who I feel like are so different from me worship the same God. And I yeah. think I have seen that mm-hmm. like slowly mm-hmm. through like the new church we've been attending mm-hmm. and also the Maverick City music concert that we went to. Yeah, And that was insane to me because it was like, people I wouldn't assume are Christian, just, right. like, going about my day-to-day, like, at a Starbucks or, like, right. at a cafe. But to see them, like, you know, putting their hands up and, like, praying and worshiping the same God that I'm worshiping, mm-hmm. that's, it's, like, very encouraging and, like, it's a blessing to see for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so the Maverick City Music Concert, that was insane. Yeah. That was, like, my first... I, I would say it. that was my first time, yeah. like, worshiping with people who are not Korean. Mm. Or, like, I was the minority. I see. Um, and it was so good. Like, it was it's really fire. good. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> Maverick City is crazy. And it was outdoors. I really liked how it was outdoors. Mm-hmm. Because the weather was really nice that yeah. day. Um, but, yeah. Just worshiping with Maverick because we, we've seen them through like YouTube videos yeah. and worshiping in a room. Yeah. But now that we're able to worship with them, mm-hmm. I was like, dang, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Shout out to Maverick um, City Music. Yeah. Thank you, when guys. When they watch this. <laughs> but yeah, they were, they did not disappoint. For sure did not. It was like, they, they sounded the same live and right? on YouTube. Like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, they're gifted from God. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But... Do you have anything else to say that you want to talk about? Um, or that's on your heart? That you I guess share? let's ask like where your life stage is at right now. Dang, that's a whole thing. Yeah. I mean, just to sum it up, like what you're up to right now. Yeah. So I'm, I graduated like you. I think same same time. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated a year late in 2021. Mm. I'm working part time at a cafe in L.A. Um and I'm just trying to, I guess I'm trying to kickstart my career in film. Mm. Um, it wasn't something that I was interested in the beginning of college necessarily. So it was more like junior, senior year. Um, and I feel like now I have more time to do it. Um, even though I'm not necessarily doing it exactly, which I need to work on. But yeah, I'm just trying to start my career in film, whether it's acting, whether it's being behind camera, whether it's um, anything related to the process of what it takes to create a feature film. Mm. And that can mean anything from like internships, doing my own shorts, um, you know, just creating stuff instead of like thinking and planning. Because I think I plan like you a lot, but 
taking action. Yeah, that's like something I need to work on for sure. I mean, once you step into the door, yeah. right, of that industry, I'm, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. You just have to take that little step right there. But yeah, that's where I'm at, like very briefly. Okay. Thanks for asking. Yeah, of course. But I think that wraps everything up. Yeah. Um, I wanted to give you a chance, though, to... Um, why are you laughing at me? <laughs> She's laughing at me. <laughs> I wanted to give a chance, give you a chance to like promote um, your nonprofit and like how they can reach um, or volunteer or like mm-hmm. donate. Um, so yeah, go ahead or like Instagram handle. Yeah. So our next trip is gonna be right before Thanksgiving, so November twentieth on a Saturday, I believe. Um, and if you're interested in volunteering or taking a position or just helping out in some way. You can email us at info at throughlove.org or you can find us on Instagram through love underscore org. <laughs> yeah, or you can just find me org. on Instagram. I'm like super down, open to talk to you. So just DM me. Um, I'm a very open book. So ask me a lot of questions and I'll answer. <laughs> What's your Instagram handle? Um, it's going to be Sharon J. Kim with three A's. So S H E. A-A-A-R-O-N, the letter (laughs) J-K-I-M. Yep, okay, for sure. Sounds good. All right, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Mm -hmm. And that wraps it up. Thank you for listening to the No Room Podcast, episode three. Thank you, Sharon, for coming on, taking time out of your busy schedule, (laughs) your busy, busy schedule to talk with me for an hour. Mm -hmm. Okay, see you next time. Bye.